joining me this evening ladies and gentlemen i hope everybody out here across canada here across ontario had a wonderful weekend i hope everybody out there was being safe everybody following the rules out there yes we have outdoor amenities um, that have been reopened um, starting this weekend so um, i hope people out there were taking care and yes we are still in the stay at home order. So tonight also is, and today is also the um, official uh, Victoria Day. And um, generally this, this, this uh, weekend here, we, we, uh, we celebrate uh, Queen Victoria's birthday. And um, generally this evening we have fireworks that go, you know, all across Canada. But unfortunately, we will not be gathering for that big event. So if you are having a firework display in your backyard, be really careful about how you set things up and how you light the fire, the fireworks off. So enjoy, and uh, hopefully this time next year, we will all be able to um, reunite and um, gather for the uh, big fireworks display next year on this long weekend. Thank you for joining me. I am your host, Doug from London, Ontario, Canada. Now, if you're listening to my show the other day, um, I had a listener on here that asked me, and here she is, that asked me to take a look at Dr. Tenpenny and Dr. Lee Merritt. And I said I would do this. Now, I really, I, I really got to say that, you know, um, I'm really disappointed. I, 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 I truly am. You know, um, this is the first that I have heard of um, these uh, two doctors. And just the very second that I Googled Dr. Tenpenny, 
that she is a anti-vaccinator. She is a doctor though. She is a doctor. She's a Austrio, um, an osteopathic uh, physician, which is a doctor that I guess deals with in, in medicine um, for pain or, or, or whatever that case may be. Now, I did watch a little, a little video um, of her and she was uh, a guest on another lady's um, show, which she is also an anti-vaccinator as well. You know, that was, that was like, that was like watching Donald Trump senior and Donald Trump junior with their um, misleading and, you know, information about the American federal election. with all the misleading information, information about that and this misleading information, these false claims about the risk of COVID-19 vaccinations. Now, see, this is one thing that, you know, that is, that is really, really important to do you know, um, when you when you Google something and you, you're looking at the content, then you're looking at the source. And when a headline comes up on the screen and explains who this individual uh, individual is, then you know that puts me in a in a position to fact check. And her not even being a disease and infectious doctor. See, there's a difference of the type of doctor that she is and these doctors who study diseases and infections such as viruses where she does not. Now, She says, well, here, you know, in a study in 2021, found Dr. Ten, Tenpenny was among a dozen people who were re responsible for 65% of the anti-vaccine content on Facebook and Twitter. Even as the United States reached the milestone of administering 200 million COVID-19 shots. Disinformation about them has flourished. Now, below the AAFP fact check breaks down some of the claims made by Tenpenny 
in the Instagram video. Her claim, the anti-spike antibody that's supposed to be there to keep you from getting sick, actually, if you produce it in a very high quantities, can have direct adverse effects on your tissue, primary your lungs. Tenpenny adds that there are zero long-term studies on what's going to happen down the road with this anti-spike antibody, what can happen with autoimmune diseases. She is referring to the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines, which are the, which are the first using cutting edge messenger, the MRNA technology to be authorized and distributed globally. Now the the mRNA vaccine differs from a regular shot in that instead of confronting the immune system with part of a, a virus in a weakened or deactivated form to build antibodies, it introduces a blueprint of the spike protein, part of the virus that the body can then can recognize and fight it when confronted by it, by it later. She's also made similar claims elsewhere online, linking the shots to autoimmune disease and lung damage. But the experts have told the AFP that evidence does not support claims that autoimmune illness or lung damage are triggered by the mRNA vaccines. Now, these people who are weighing in on, on this, of, of her claims, these are doctors, these are um, who are disease and infectious doctors. This one doctor is a doctorate in the molecular cell biology from the Oxford University and specializes in vaccines and treatments of COVID-19 said there is no scientific proof showing that the mRNA shots provoke autoimmune disease. And on the contrary, the technology could help as therapy to treat them. Concerning the damage allegedly infected on the lungs by antibodies, an mRNA specialist and research director of the National Institute of Health and Medical Research that it is not supported by data in the scientific literature. Her other claim, the protein then can bind to your DNA and irreversibly change it. Scientists have widely rejected this unsustained claim that mRNA vaccine can modify human DNA. And the AFP fact check has debunked other social media posts sharing that false assertion. Another claim by Dr. Penny, Tenpenny, it's not FDA, FDA approved because remember, they've tried 
They've been doing this for almost 20 years. They couldn't get it past safety studies and efficiency studies, meaning it keeps people from getting sick. It's completely experimental. They've never done this before. This is inaccurate. Studies have shown that the mRNA vaccines are safe and effective. The authorizations, um, she says were not approved from the FDA, but it supported the emergency allowance because the vaccines known the potential benefits clearly outweighed its known on the potential risk. Now, so far millions of people have received the COVID-19 vaccines and no long-term side effects have been detected. Now, another one here, she has said about this, people will become ill 44 days or so after getting their vaccine shot. I got my first vaccine shot three months ago. I have no symptoms of any kind from this vaccine. Yes, there's side effects. The side effects that I that I uh, got from from the first shot, my arm was sore for a couple of days. And it's just like when I get the flu shot, my arm is sore for a couple of days. I will be here 12 months down the road, 24 months down the road. I will be here until the good, good Lord takes me. Her claims that people will become severely ill is actually false. Now, you know, it's always important to, you know, fact check information, you know, when you're not sure, you know, because, you know, there's, there's certain things, you know, there's certain people in this world that I certainly will not tolerate. And that's people who lie, people who cheat, thieves, conspiracy, conspiracy theorists. If you can't come to the table with scientific evidence and such in this case, and sit there and say whatever you feel like without that scientific evidence to support it. Then don't bother coming to the table because this is what 
conspiracy theories do. They have nothing to back it up. She said she she read this 116 page in in in, in so many in so many hours about this this stuff and and somehow she becomes um, a professional. How she be, she becomes smarter than these disease and infectious doctors who has gone to school way longer than she has to study disease and infections. This article I did not want. <clears throat> Where is the one that I wanted? Now, I, I what what I what I what I don't understand here is is um, why why do people why do people believe in conspiracy theories? You know, I mean, you, you, I mean, you really have to, you really have to, you really have to know there's something amiss when you're reading a an, an article written, or you're watching a video of conspiracy theories, whether it's on vaccinations or whatever else is going on in the world, nine eleven. You know, whatever the case may be, there's, there's conspiracy theories of all sorts. But why do people believe in conspiracy theories? Are, you know, I mean, are they easily misled? I don't know. I can tell you this. I am not easily misled. I'm going to read you this article and this article is why do people believe in conspiracy theories? And this was written by uh, David London. Um, he has a PhD. It seems that every family has an uncle Joe, the guy who goes on and on about conspiracy theories at the holiday dinner table. The 9-11 attack was orchestrated by the government. The moon landing was filmed in Hollywood. Oswald did not act alone in the Kennedy assassination. And don't get me started on global warming. Record low temperatures this Christmas. How do you expect me to believe the world is actually getting warmer? Maybe we should give Uncle Joe a break or at least try to understand where he's coming from. Why do some people believe in conspiracy theories anyways? This is exactly the question posed by a British psychologist and her colleagues in a recent article in the journal Current Directions on, on Psychological Science. 
the researchers found that reasons for believing in conspiracy theories can be grouped into three categories. The desire for understanding and certainty, the desire for control and security, the desire to maintain a positive self image. Let's look at each of these motives in turn. The desire for understanding and certainty seeking explanations for events is a neutral human desire. We're constantly asking why things happen the way they do. Why does it have to rain the day I want to go out? Why did she give me the cold shoulder like that? Why can't you understand what I'm trying to tell you? And we don't just ask questions. We also quickly find answers to those questions, not necessarily the true answers, but rather answers that comfort us or that fit into our worldview. It's raining because I always have to, because I always have the worst luck. She gave me the cold shoulder because she can't stand it when she doesn't get her way. You can't understand what I'm saying because you're just not listening. We all harbor false beliefs. That is things we believe to be true, but in fact are not. For example, if you believe Sydney is the capital of Australia, you're the victim of a false belief. But once you're confronted with the fact Canberra is the capital of Australia, you're, you're readily changed your mind. After all, you're simply misinformed and you're not emotionally invested in it. Conspiracy theories are also false beliefs by definition, but people who believe in them have a, have a vested interest in, in maintaining them. First, they put some effort into understanding the conspiracy theory explanation for the event, whether by reading books, going to the websites, or watching TV programs that support their beliefs. Uncertainly, uncertainty is an unpleasant state and conspiracy theories provide a sense of understanding and certainty that is comforting. The desire for control and security, people need to feel that they're in control of their lives. For instance, many people feel safer when they're the driver in the car rather than the passenger. Of course, even the best drivers can get into accidents for reasons beyond their control. And likewise, conspiracy theories can give their believers a sense of control and security. This is especially true when the alternative accounts feels threatening. For an example, if global temperatures are rising due to human activity, then I'll have to make painful changes to my comfortable lifestyle. But if pundits and politicians assure me that global warming is a hoax, then I can, I can maintain my current way of living. This kind of motivated reasoning is an important component in conspiracy theory beliefs. 
the desire to maintain a positive self-image research shows that people who feel socially marginalized are more likely to believe in conspiracy theories. We all have a desire to maintain a positive self-image, which usually comes from the roles we play in life, our jobs, and our relationships with family and friends. We know we make a positive difference in our lives and others as a parent, spouse, friend, teacher, mentor. We see our own lives as worthwhile and, and we feel good about ourselves. I will find out all that is in the injections as should anyone who is thinking about having enter their bodies. No, I mean, if you, if you can find out what, what, what all is in the injections and, and you can understand the ingredients that goes into it, that's fine. Go ahead and do that. Now to, to, to finish this little article here, but say uncle Joe is on a disability and hasn't worked in years. He feels social, socially excluded. However, he, he does have plenty of time to surf the internet for information about conspiracy theories. And he can chat online with others who hold similar beliefs. Thus belief in conspiracy theories gives uncle Joe a sense of community. Now, studies have found that when college students are exposed to conspiracy theories, they show an increased sense of insecurity. This has led some researchers to conclude that conspiracy theory belief is self-defeating. However, as Douglas and her colleagues point out, most college students have little motivation to believe in conspiracy theories in the first place. What's really needed, they argue, are some carefully designed studies that direct examine those who already believe in conspiracy theories. Now, regardless of the outcome of these future studies, the real question for us now is how to deal with Uncle Joe in our life. You may offer counter evidence in an attempt to convince him to give up his conspiracy theories but you're unlikely to succeed. This is because you're arguing facts while Uncle Joe is defending his sense of security and his positive feelings about himself. And for all of us, self-image trumps facts every time. This is why, why do people believe in in conspiracy theories. And like I said, you know, when, I mean, I look, I mean, I could, I could, I mean, I mean, you know, I could honestly sit here and, and, um, talk about something that 
is a cons conspiracy theory. And talk about it as though I know what I'm talking about. People who believe in conspiracy theories would believe me. You know, when I started doing this podcast well over a year ago, I checked her out too. She is an actual doctor. She was a military doctor. But Dr. Lee Merritt is also a conspiracy theorist. She's not a disease and infectious doctor. You know, it, you know, it'd be it'd be like listening to my family doctor, you know, which he knows nothing about disease and infections. That's why he'll send you to a specialist. If you have some sort of an infection or you have some sort of disease, he's not going to treat you. He's going to send you to somebody who can. And he certainly isn't going to send you to Dr. Tenpenny. And he certainly isn't going to send you to Dr. Lee Merritt or any other doctor pretending to know everything there is to know about diseases and infections and vaccines. And this is why, you know, when I started doing this is that I'm going to come and I know, you know, I would come across articles that after um, perusing the articles, you know, if I'm not certain about something, then I'm going to fact check it. But mostly, you know, about my shows that I do, you know, because I live here in Canada. And I didn't, I didn't ask where you are from. So where are you from? Are you from the United States? Are you from Europe? Where are you from? Oh, you're oh, oh, way out there in Oregon. I've been out there away in Oregon in my trucking career many years ago, California, Oregon, all over the place. I know you have 50 states. I've been, I've been in all 48 out of the 50, multiple, multiple times, crisscross Northeast, West and South. It's a beautiful country, the United States of America our friends to the South, which hopefully, you know, after this summer and the lockdowns come off and they open up the land borders between Canada and the United States, that we can once again rejoice with our friends to the South. So, 
but I like to, you know, inform people, um, you know, what's going on in my country as well here in Canada. And that, and I've, I've shared, you know, different, different, um, events that we have here going on, um, as well, um, of our culture, um, up here in Canada and that, and, um, I have talked about things down there in the United States and, and, and a lot of things that, you know, you know, I got to see through my travels across the United States in my trucking career. But no, they don't, they don't tell you, you know, how long it's going to take for them to tell me the list of the ingredients and, and oh, the side effects. Yeah. You know, they said, you know, you might have a little redness afterwards. It might be a little bit sore. You might run a bit of a fever. You know, everybody is different. Right. Everybody, everybody responds to things differently. Right. Yeah. I'm, that's fine. That you're curious, you know? Um, no, I mean, not going to sit there and tell me the ingredients because you know what, because I mean, the, the, the ingredients, um, you know, Well, I'm sorry that that your, your uncle um, had had a had had a stroke. My father, who is um, eighty, he's eighty now, but um, five years ago he had a stroke. But you know that was just it wasn't caused by vaccines or or anything else like that. But um, you know. Well, you know, people, you know, when they talk about people who, who, um, receive the, these injections, you know, with the extra Zeneca, you know, um, some people had, had, had suffered blood clots and, and things like that. And that's, that's really unfortunate, you know, um, I had received the Pfizer and, um, so many other people that, that I know have, have received the Pfizer and the Moderna. Um, you know, everything's all right. The Johnson and Johnson is what he had because there were, I guess there was some things, um, um, going on with, was Johnson and Johnson's, but that was really surprising because, you know, Johnson and Johnson is a pretty big pharmaceutical. You know they make all they make all kinds of of medicines and and, and drugs and, and things like that. So, um, it's unfortunate. I'm sorry that happened. You know, but you asked me, you know, to to check out these two individuals, and and I and I did, and I hope I cleared some of this up for you. Well, everybody's going to have concerns, you know. Um, of course, even, even myself, I, I'm, I'm 58 years old. And, um, you know, even getting the flu shot, 
you know, I have concerns, you know, and, and this, this new vaccine with the Pfizer and the Moderna and the Johnson and Johnson, you know, which has this, um, MRNA is, it's a totally different type of vaccine, you know, but, um, I took the jab and, you know, um, see back, back in March, it was, yeah, it was March the 19th when I, when I got my first injection and, you know, here in Canada, we, we had the, the supply problem with Pfizer and, and, uh, Moderna. So Canada was actually the first country in the world to extend the second shot out to 16 weeks. And even at that time, you know, Pfizer and Moderna hasn't, didn't do any studies on, you know, after the first shot, you know, their studies were done on a 21 to 28 days, not four months. So I was thinking, well, you know, how is this going to work? So your uncle is a medical practitioner, okay? And he has experienced more deaths from people taking injections than just dealing with COVID. Well, there hasn't been that many people who have died from injections. I think with the extra, uh, extra um, the last time I checked, I think it was probably like six people. It is extremely, extremely low, but it, it has happened. Which is really unfortunate, you know, because we all want to get out of this mess that we're in. Well, you know, you're not the first person to say that it's not recorded correctly on, on the death certificate when, when it comes to COVID, when the, uh, whether it's the emergency doctor or whatever physician, you know, pronouncing the individual deceased, they have to legally put on the death certificate the cause of death whether the death was caused by an accident, an overdose, whether it was, was natural causes, whether it was from a disease like cancer, another in, in infection disease, they have to put on there the cause of death and the cause of death has to be on the first line and any other underlying conditions come afterwards. But they do, and they have to. They can lose their license. They have to. They have to list it the way it's supposed to be listed. It's the law. I know I've heard Donald Trump say it, believe me, I heard Donald Trump say, oh, they're just, these doctors are just putting it on there that they died 
from COVID to get paid more money. And what a crock of BS that is. I don't know anything about stillbirth and babies dying, crib death, you know, infants born healthy and then they pass. I have no, I, you know what? I, I have no idea why. Maybe, you know, maybe it's all the pollutants that we, that mankind has put in the air. I, I, I don't have any explanation for that. I really don't. I have no idea why. And I won't even try to explain why, because that wouldn't be right. So I hope I cleared some things up for you and you can take it or leave it. That's entirely up to you, you know, but you asked me to do this. I said that I would. So that's that. I can't even comment on that. You know, I can't, I can't comment on those things that I know nothing about. So, you know, I just go in and I, and I looked up these two people. I fact checked their, 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 their theories and that, and that's that, you know? So, like I said, I will not, you know, go into something, um, those sort of things that you're asking me, okay? So you, you have a great evening, you have a great week. Um, this was our, um, our holiday weekend here in Canada, which comes to an end. And I'm back to work tomorrow for the rest of the week. And I will be back out here Friday evening. And I'll try to get back out here on time again, because, you know, tonight was just, kind of a, a funny night and um, instead of being on here at nine, I came out here at 10 o'clock. So um, 9 p.m. is generally the time that, you know, I have to get out here. So Friday um, at 9 p.m. And of course my Saturday morning and my Sunday morning. So thank you for, for coming out here. And um, like I said, um, I hope there was some clarity there for you. And um, I appreciate you coming out here. Um, I appreciate um, all your likes. And that um, you're welcome to come on to my show anytime. And um, like I said, um, enjoy your evening. Enjoy the, the, uh, the rest of the week until we get to the weekend again. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining me. Good night. Be safe. And thank you.